Hello and welcome to the Stress Sessions Mental Health Podcast. I'm Luke and you're listening to Series 4, Episode 10. I hope you're having a lovely start to the week. And mental health-wise, I've probably had one of the best weeks I've had in a long, long time. So, I watched my football team win 5-1 at the weekend. But the catch was, is that I didn't have anybody to go with. I could only get one ticket, so I went on my own, on my Larry. But it was actually good. It's good to kind of push myself and do something that I wouldn't usually do because I, I hate doing stuff on my own usually but I went I picked up a pair of trainers from Selfridges because I love love buying a pair of trainers and then I went and watched the football on the way I went into a pub and then on the off chance thought they might sell alcohol free beer because it's London it's a little bit hipster it's in a hipstery area so I went in there and they did they sold an alcohol-free beer on tap and it was just so nice to be around like mutual football fans in a pub drinking a pint of beer and just soaking up the environment it was it was just so nice and then after that I went to the football my team won 5-1 I literally just sat there eating a hot dog and drinking a coke before the match started and it's quite good because there was a guy there that had come on his own as well and was sitting next to me so I just chatted to him the whole time and it was just nice to just get out chat to somebody different and watch some good football which doesn't usually happen with my team so that was my weekend but other than that I've also been having ice baths I watched the Wim Hof thing on TV and if you've listened to the previous series of the stress sessions, I spoke to Jess in Piazzi, who basically said that she has cold showers, cold baths all the time. And I was a bit like, oh, I don't like the idea of that. But I tried a few after that, didn't really keep it up, but I've started doing these ice baths in the garden in a green bin, which sounds ridiculous. But I basically jet washed out the green recycling bin, which you basically used to put garden clippings in like bits of grass when you cut the grass and stuff like that so I cleaned that out filled it with cold water and pretty much every day I've been having a ice bath and it's really hard it's hard to get in and my my wife went to do it the other day and she's like no I can't do it she got into a swimming costume she's like no I can't do it but I've persevered with that pretty much every day so far that I've I've done it so I will keep you updated on how that is going but it's felt good so far I've enjoyed doing it it's again challenging myself pushing myself out of my comfort zone and cold water therapy is supposed to be very good for your mental health so I'm going to keep it up and see where that goes so this week's guest so for the first time ever I'm doing a two-parter this is a two-part episode and the chat was so good that I'm splitting it up and you'll be getting the second one later on in the series because it's just such a good chat and I love this person because I watched them on TV over lockdown. They saved my lockdown, literally. The, the, the series saved my lockdown and I just really enjoyed chatting to her. So without further ado, here is the stress sessions with Jess Moore from Below Deck Mediterranean.
welcome to the stress sessions Jess Moore hey I'm so happy to be here (laughs) thank you so much for coming on and we've been chatting for like absolutely ages and we finally got a date in and it's happening so I'm very happy I know I know it's 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 definitely been my fault um I'm I'm happy it's finally happened (laughs) I wouldn't say it's your fault like you're I mean on the back of everything that's happened like you you are you've been mega busy so it's all good well it's you know now I'm finally home and stationary so it's definitely allowed me to kind of catch up on things that I've wanted to do and be a part of so traveling makes it really difficult to to know hey am I gonna have wi-fi today so um yeah it's allowed for this now so it makes me happy so for people that might not know who you are that are listening can you just tell me a little bit about yourself what you do what you've been up to well I guess um my following grew on social media and just in life in general from you know below deck Mediterranean season five and I think it was a pretty large a pretty big season um especially for mental health advocates and stuff like that I feel because there was a lot of controversy regarding mental health um the use of like prescription drugs to manage mental health and and all of that and the way the situation was handled so it definitely had a a lot of talk going on for my season and other than that yeah I've been in you know the yachting world for about four years five years something like that and I've had every job under the sun (laughs) been like a a cocktail waitress at a strip club I've been an artist manager in A&R and music I did real estate. Um, I've done P like I was a, a personal assistant for, you know, a billionaire. Like I've had every job under the sun. So now, now I'm currently in Fort Lauderdale and I am, I am a, what is my technical name? Uh, VIP service manager <laughs> for a hospitality group. So what does that involve? Is, is that kind of like, um, so I'll, I'll try and guess what you do so I think you <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a stab in the dark here I reckon you help do you, do you kind of like plan stuff for like people that can't plan stuff so basically you so, you, so basically you help rich people get stuff that they need and go on holidays they need stuff like that is that kind of what it is um no <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but, I, man. I, but but I appreciate the the effort to to, to guess on that. Um, <laughs> although that job does sound fun, actually, um, I feel like I used to do that in yachting. Uh, but currently, yeah, the, the the VIP service manager. So I am I deal with like our VIP clients that come into different venues that this hospitality group that I work for, um, Garrett group, um, that they have, so they have a few different venues and restaurants and turns into like their nightclub, you know, in the evenings we have like a big party brunch during the day. Uh, it's a lot of fun, but I do the bookings. I do the bookings. And then I'm also like the liaison between the guests and the restaurant and also the employees, you know, and the staff and everything. So I kind of in the middle man between everybody. I was nowhere near that then. At all. No. <laughs> <laughs> Literally completely off the mark. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
okay though. It's okay. I'll just hide under my table now. No, it's okay. I can't even remember my title half the time. I'm like, I I have to think about it. So <laughs> what is the one song that puts you in a really happy, positive mood? Oh. Um oh man. I I'm just drawing it. It's 50 Cent. I'm, I'm really so interested tired. to hear what this is. Oh, okay. <laughs> You ready for it? yeah it's it's 50 cent many men oh okay many men wish death upon me uh, so i don't know what it is about that song if i put it on it, it's more impact i don't know if happy would be the word but it's empowering for me <laughs> i used to listen to that song on repeat when i would go running and i would just hit my max my max speeds and like just mileage yeah, so if I put that on, I'm like, you got this. There's, <laughs> it makes me feel empowered and happy and like energetic. So that's that's my song. That's my go-to song. That's a good choice. I like that. And that that song reminds me of being at school and somebody <laughs> playing like, you know, when like you people used to just sit. It, it's probably completely different in the US, but like people sitting on the bus just playing music on their phones. And it'd be like 50 Cent, Ludacris, and all like that, that sort of song is great. Love it. Yep. No, I mean, yeah, it definitely brings me back as well. <laughs> it's a good choice. Thank you. And we haven't had any rap ones yet, so that's amazing. It's all been like, oh, it's this, it's this really happy, upbeat song, but we haven't had any like yeah. proper rap songs. So Gangs- yeah, like Gangster that. rap? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For their happy song? <laughs> Interesting choice, yeah. I think it did. I think it fits me. So people will know you from Below Deck Med, and that look watching that for me because, like I said when we was chatting before, I was like a massive fan and watched all of them back to back. But the job itself just looks insane, like because you're on the go all the time, you're on top of each other all of the time. And like, there's literally no personal space going on. How did you find that whole experience in general? Um, it was tough. There's definitely, you, you get no personal space um, and no time alone. And I am, I'm, I'm pretty much like, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I was going to say an extreme introvert, introvert, but I guess I'm not because um, I've managed to be able to adapt <laughs> with having to socialize but um yeah I mean I'm an introvert naturally so for for me it's a it's was really difficult to not have like like I like to be in bed at 5 p.m ideally reason being is because that's like my decompressing time and I've had enough interaction with humans you know during the daytime so it's kind of that time to decompress relax and and just get my calm back you know so with yachting you don't have that you don't get that it's go 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 there's people everywhere you have no personal space and and it's tricky um you know to say that i have certain ways to cope with it, it it's hard um when i'm on a normal charter i can listen sometimes I can do work and listen to like audiobooks or podcasts. 
um, YouTube videos and stuff like that. That's what I usually listen to. That helps me kind of get to that relaxing, calm zone out mind space where typically I do that when I'm laying down, relaxing, but I'll do it while I'm detailing someone's, you know, cabin, you know? So that's kind of the way I had to cope with it. Um, other than that, it's just tricky. And I get, I get burnt out rather quickly, I think compared to most people in the audience that are extroverts. For me, I, I max out at, at like three months, which is still a long time, <laughs> mm. but I, I max out at three months and then like, I need a, I need a break. And then, you know, I pushed on for six months before. And then, you know, that was the last time I was in yachting. <laughs> so <laughs> didn't go over too well. It's interesting that you said about the, like you, when you're when you're working you listen to music you listen to podcasts and stuff because on below deck and i've just sort of this i've just clocked this but when you just said it that you used to listen to music when you was doing up the rooms and stuff and then hannah would message you on the radio and be like jess where where are you and it's obviously because that was you de-stressing yourself yeah and like that was your kind of chill time when you was working and like yeah, that's that's the reason why you did it, I guess. Like, and, and now it's like so not clicked in my head that that was your like time to be like, right, I'm working, but I'm not going to stress myself out a bit. I'm going to just listen to music, basically. Yeah, it also allows me to zone out. You know, on below deck, though, unfortunately, we can't like play music and we can't play stuff um, like audibly. You know, because they're recording everything. So mm. it did make it tricky. Like we would all want to listen to music sometimes while getting ready or, um, you know, during doing certain things that you just want that extra energy when you're trying to just detail the boat quickly and stuff like that. So that was definitely a struggle of not being able to just throw on music over the sound system. But it's definitely, yeah, when I would kind of try to zone out when I was by myself down in the cabins, that was that was the only time I could find <laughs> And what was it kind of like on there in terms of like, because obviously since since Below Decks aired, yourself and Hannah have both spoken about like your mental health struggles and that you have quite bad anxiety and you've had panic attacks. Um, is what what was it like on the boat in terms of speaking about your mental health? Did Were people quite open about it? Or was it quite, because it was such a tight-knit group, was everybody quite closed off because they didn't want to kind of affect everybody else's morale? You mean while we were like on the boat while we were filming? Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So, I mean, we didn't really talk about it. No one really talked about it because the problem in yachting is there's a stigma if you have anxiety and, you know, whatnot, that you're a threat and an endangerment to, to the boat and to the crew and to guests and whomever, right? Like, there's this stigma that you, you shouldn't be in yachting because you're an endangerment. So people that do have anxiety, I mean, I know captains, I know so many people, excuse me, that, that have anxiety and, or depression or whatever, and you have to hide it. So it makes it worse, but it's, it's a shame because it's so frowned upon, like you can't do your job when that in fact isn't true. Um, so yeah, we, we don't really talk about it and maybe not until the end, like when Hannah, when everything happened with Hannah. I was terrified because my anxiety was so bad every day. I was almost, I was having like secret panic attacks in the bathroom because the bathroom is the only spot that you can, that, that there's not cameras. So, um, and I had to take my, I, I took, I think at the time I either took Klonopin or Xanax, whatever it was. 
I had to take it every day. And my anxiety was so intense. I knew when the medicine was starting to wear off because it was just, it was there knocking on my door constantly. And if I didn't keep up with my medicine, I could like a panic attack would hit me. It was, it was that intense. And yeah, when everything happened with her, I didn't know that I had to report my medicine to the captain. I never knew that. I never worked on a boat where they required that. I never, I never heard anything about that. You know, I thought it was like pain pills, you know, or I don't know, like something quote unquote serious that had to be reported for things like that. But I, n- I never thought it was anxiety medication or, you know, so you keep it quiet. And yeah, when she got fired for it, I was terrified and I hid my, I hid my, my prescription. I hid my medicine because I was terrified that they were going to go through a search of cabins and find it. And they gave everyone the opportunity to announce if they had medication on board and I'm pretty sure. I don't think I did. I thought I was going to get fired because I had the same thing she had. You know, I didn't. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's sad. Crazy, it's though. not handled well. Mm, yeah. It's a shame. Cause it's th- changing th- though. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, sorry. Because I think from, from when I watched it, when I watched the program, that that's it's like a couple of episodes that it covered, wasn't it? But it, it was from like a, it was frowned upon from a safety perspective, but there's people everywhere taking prescription drugs for their mental illnesses everywhere, like in any, like every, loads of safety jobs. So why, why is it different for yachting? Like, that's what I couldn't understand when I was watching. I was like, if I was in a manual job, like as for instance, like a car mechanic or something like that. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing because you're working on a vehicle that's transporting people. Smash somewhere. you. Yeah, right, exactly. You that too. Exactly. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I mean, I think it was one of those just old stigmas that didn't evolve with the times and it, it just got caught. Yeah. It, it was just people still stuck in the past because even from that airing to now, like once that aired and I kind of found like my voice on speaking out about it because I was, I was so upset. Like I was just like, this is really messed up. You know, even I remember talking to the producer and I was just like, you know, like fuck Sandy, fuck them. Like this is bullshit. We should stop. We should not be ashamed. You know, like Sandy's on medications and like this and that and whatever. And it's like, why are, why are we being, you know, why is this specific thing for anxiety being pointed out to be so shameful? And I was really upset. So then obviously when we aired and I was able to have like, oh, and then we weren't able to have a voice about it when it was airing as well, which was also very frustrating. They sent a, um, a cease and desist letter to the whole crew, to everybody that we couldn't do interviews and we couldn't talk about it because they were getting so much backlash for it. And you know, they obviously knew where I stood on the situation as well. So legally, I could not even speak on it until our contract was up, which was also very frustrating. That's crazy. That's so it's crazy. shameful. You know, it's not. Uh, yeah, it's not cool. I don't think um, I think they should have. If you have to, to send a letter out where where people can't talk about something, then perhaps you shouldn't be promoting that that viewpoint you know like mm. admit that and change it but <laughs> it's too late but 
you said that the stigma is changing now. Do you think that by that those those episodes airing and that being sort of pushed into the limelight, do you think it's kind of pushed it along in terms of the stigma being erased? Um, you know, it's not erased, but it's definitely I think has helped people realize that they're not alone and they're not the only one, and that so many people. It, it what it did it, it allowed people to talk about it. So um, I, I think I remember I was on a boat when it was airing and that was all going on. And I asked the captain that was on the boat at that time about it. And I was like, Hey, so what, what is true? No one knew what was true. No one like, is this really, you know, I don't want to say illegal, like wh- whatever, is this really allowed or is this not like, which, which one's the truth? No, like everyone has a different answer. So it, it allowed for the conversation. And I think maybe the more people talked about it, it allowed it to realize, okay, this isn't just a few people. This is a lot of people. We're not going to have anyone working for us if we really are so hardcore about like not allowing people taking prescription drugs or even having anxiety alone, like not even the prescription drugs, just having anxiety as your disorder, you know, that's not allowed either. Like I had to lie when I took my... (laughs) my like health exam or whatever they ask if you have anxiety or depression or whatever and you know I don't really luckily suffer from depression so much but anxiety I was just like I was like nope fine <laughs> that's mad that you have to lie though because it's I, th- I think at one point in people's lives whenever somebody's going to suffer from anxiety and it's just a bit like it just seems so like backwards to archaic <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. No, I no, didn't realize I that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. It's definitely not, it's not supported or handled, you know, but a lot of things in yachting are definitely still stuck in the past. You know, they work you for 19 hours and you don't get overtime. You don't like, there's a lot of things that need to change in yachting. So it's starting to, and it, you know, and, and I feel like the more people have a voice and speak up in social media and, you know, it, it's starting to ch- change. That's good. I think, again, this is purely based on what I watched on the programme, but most of the guys, bar Kiko, who was absolutely lovely, like amazing, everybody sort of bottled their emotions up and didn't really, it was all quite, oh, I'm not going to say how I feel. I'm just going to storm out of a room and hide away sort of thing. Is, Is that usual for yachting or is it is that the stigma that you don't again you don't really talk about stuff like that (laughs) um I'm just I'm just laughing at myself because you're absolutely right I feel like a lot of people definitely do bottle bottle it up and um I try to to an extent but I'm really not that great at it so definitely I I, I'm personally quite expressive (laughs) but um you know it's one of those things where it's still it's still a work environment so and you're out at sea and in this aspect I kind of understand but it just depends on how you're bottling it up and like how much crap are you dealing with and um is it manageable is it not manageable and stuff like that because you are stuck on a boat essentially you can't just like go walk off the boat and cool off and 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 go for a walk you know or you can't just like go home and get some space and then come back the next day. Like you're there, you're there, you're stuck with people and you know, you're maybe essentially stuck in the middle of the ocean. So Mm. you do have to be a bit more 
mindful and, and move a little differently in that aspect. And that I understand because, you know, if you have this huge, crazy disruption and that can, that can either make it extremely miserable for everybody else. And, um, or, or who knows it could, it could be, uh, dangerous as well, depending on how angry that person is, you know, like, yeah. But, uh, I think it's, it's, it's good to have a management team that allows for you to have that safe space to express yourself. So I think that's where a lot of things fail is because the management structure doesn't allow for that. Um, if you have that, then that person is allowed to let, like not bottle it up, allow to release it. And maybe also feel like they have someone in their corner to understand and maybe can implement things to be uh, better and not so toxic. But um, unfortunately there is a lot of captains or chief stews or, you know, people that don't really allow for that free speaking environment that's supportive but there there are also not to knock it there are also a lot of leaders in the industry that are that are supportive of it and do understand like okay to keep the peace and and sanity like let me let this person vent and and release this anger and frustration properly and then, and then we go about our day, like they feel better, they release it, they vented, and then we go about our day. I guess it's kind of like any kind of workplace, isn't it? Because it's, again, personally, I, I'm very open with my boss about my mental health and I'll tell him if I'm like struggling or whatever, and he'll be like, look, just take some time out. And he's, he's great. He's really lovely about it. Wow. But then I've had other bosses that I wouldn't, I mean, I, I've not, I didn't speak about my mental illnesses until two years ago. Like I just didn't speak about it, but before I wouldn't have spoken to some of my bosses, I'd have been like, no, they'd have, I'll, I'll get sacked. That, there's that fear, isn't there? Of of course. Yeah. That's going to, that's going to kind of be my career gone because I've just opened up about something that's pretty fucking horrible. So yeah. Yeah. No. And I get it. And it, it's, uh, it's a bummer. You know, I've definitely felt the same way too, where I didn't, I didn't speak about it because I, I also same thing felt, felt like I was going to get fired, felt like then that was going to put me under a microscope to start being scrutinized and criticized that I won't, I can't, I'm not doing my job when, if I didn't bring it up before they would have never noticed these things. So it definitely feeds that fear and makes the anxiety worse. <laughs> If you could do it all over again, would you change anything or would you just, <laughs> or, or would you just not do it at all now? Would you just be like, no, I, I wouldn't do that again. I would definitely do it again, but I, I, um, maybe I'm a glutton for punishment. So I don't know. I would definitely do it again. Cause I like to always put myself in a situation to see how I'm going to handle it. And for instance, so if I did it again, after the way my season went, I would want to do it again, just for the mere fact of will I be able to handle like these messed up situations that we get put in better or would I be worse? Would I be the same? Like, I just want to see where my head's at for like, like, did I learn something from the first time? (laughs) So yes. (laughs) It's one of those things, isn't it? Where it's like you, I get, and again, I think because it's a television program, it probably gets skewed somewhat. So 
what you see on the television program probably isn't like that all the time. They just pick the most conflicting and horrible looking bits. Um, they do, yeah. So it's kind of a, it's probably a bit like it's probably not that intense all of the time, and you probably do have good relationships and like people are generally quite nice. But I guess when you film a television program, you've got to put all the shitty bits in, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely can, it's def, it, it is intense the whole time. Um, it is one of those things where they give an unre- almost an unrealistic expectation of what has to be done in six weeks. Like we only have six weeks of filming. So um, it's intense in that aspect, but there's, there was so many moments that were funny and, or, or sweet or thoughtful and whatever that, yeah, they, they, it's boring to people. <laughs> so they don't put it in there, unfortunately. This is an advert. This is an advert. Since giving up alcohol last year for my mental health, I've been searching high and low for a zero alcohol product that still has the great taste and quality as an alcoholic one. And I think I've finally found the one in Unlimited Beer. In fact, with a choice of lager and an IPA, Unlimited Beer has got me covered from all angles. Whether I'm watching football at home or planning a barbecue with mates in the warm weather, I can have a few cheeky bottles without the alcoholic content, and most importantly, without the hangover. Whether you're teetotal or are considering giving up alcohol for a while or are just sober curious, why not try Unlimited Beer? At just 23 calories a bottle, you just can't go wrong. And by entering the discount code LUKE10 at the checkout, you'll receive 10% off any order through www.unlimited.beer. That's www.unltd.beer. I loved watching it and yeah, it's great. <laughs> it, it's it saved my it saved my sanity during lockdown basically i you know i heard that a lot actually i was like watching us lose it apparently has, has helped a lot of people stay sane i was like well at least there's, there's good in everything see <laughs> it, it was i think it was below deck and tiger king that was probably the top oh two for yeah me. you're right it was tiger king at the same time wow what that was like two years ago. Messed up, like yeah, emotionally messed up two shows. <laughs> They're great though, so good. <laughs> That's funny. I can't believe that was two years ago. It's crazy. No, I can't either. Time has. I I have no concept of time anymore. It's it's a little mind blowing. Um, I wasn't even sure if it was two years ago or three years ago. <laughs> I don't Is even know funny? anymore. No, I don't know. You've I think it might that. be three. <laughs> I I don't know. Again, I'm I'm the I don't even know how old I am half the time. I don't even know how old my parents are. So, so I don't. I I regularly say that I'm 33, <laughs> and I'm not. I'm 32, so I forget my age. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna start going with 33 as well. I'm 36, but I I forget that. <laughs> like, oh god, I'm stuck at 32, 33. <laughs> I'm I'm stuck at I'm still a child. I still feel like I don't feel like an adult still. It's weird. I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day and I was just like cuz he's younger. I think he he's like uh um my roommate him and his girlfriend they're so cute but they're like I think they're like 25 or something. So, you know, I'm like 11 years older than them, but he's just like I don't know. 
I don't know, man. Like sometimes I'm just like, when am I going to be an adult? Like, is this it? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm, I can, I can, I don't know if it's any comfort, but I'm 36 years old. And I ask myself that question all the time. So <laughs> it never went away from me. You've opened up on social media about your struggles with anxiety and panic attacks. Is there like a root cause of them? So can you remember like the first time you had a panic attack or the first time you felt anxious and what that might be? I think it's a few reasons. Um, I think it started stemming. I feel like it's always rooted in like some form of survival. So whether it's money, stress type thing, um, job, which it it all kind of equates back to survival, I think, at the root of it. So I think that's where my anxiety really came from was any any anything that was kind of felt like a threat to my survival would trigger my anxiety really bad and I remember I went to the emergency room um you know which I feel like a lot of people do in the beginning of figuring out oh hey I have anxiety is like you think you're having a heart attack you're like what's going on I'm dying (laughs) you know and it's just it's horrendous it's just so so bad where you, you know, I remember going to the heading, my roommate taking me to the emergency room time. And I called my dad because I, I, I thought I was going to die. I thought I was having a heart attack and I thought I was going to die. And I called my dad to tell him I love him. Like it was that bad. And, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's scary, but yeah. So I, I definitely remember the beginning of my anxiety. And I think those were really the triggers was, um, I, I think, I think I got an eviction notice and my car repossessed in the same day. <laughs> so wow. I feel like that was around. And then my job I was working at, um, this girl stole money from me. This was when I was working at the strip club and she stole some of the tip money and stuff or whatever from me, but she was like a favorite to the manager and whatever. Um, I used to make really good money there and cause I was one of the favorites. So they'd always like, I'd always be serving like the, the VIP clients essentially. And um, so they, they had like their, their favorites that they would use, you know, as, as managers, like put you in the best sections. So anyway, um, she ended up stealing money from me and I, I tried to bring that up to management and everything. And it was one of those situations where I feel like he had to choose between me or her. And it kind of got me, then pushed down into the, like off the favorites list and I started not making any money and it, everything just started crumbling everything. So wasn't doing well, wasn't making money. And then I lost my car, my apartment, then I'm sleeping on someone's couch. This is all in Los Angeles. And that was the beginning of my anxiety journey. <laughs> wow. That's, that's hardcore though. Like all of that stuff happening to you in one hit is sounds horrendous. <sighs> it was rough. Like, now, now looking back I'm just so proud that I even survived that that I even came out of that you know like my credit's good I got that off like that like like you know but I will say yachting helped me get out of that hole that I was in that is that is definitely a perk with yachting is it allowed me to kind of gain back my confidence of this independence and not having a lot of overhead to survive you know, you don't need an apartment, you don't need a car and stuff like that. You can live on the boat and save money and 
and do all sorts of stuff like that. So it did allow for that. That's one major perk about the yachting industry. Um, but yeah, that was, I, I was like, wow, did I have some like really bad karmic debt that I had to pay off from a past life or something? Because that was like the worst time in my whole life. And, and it took, it was probably like three years of just like struggle, 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 struggle. And then I don't know, ever since then, and the more, the more I've come into being myself and accepting myself and getting, I feel like closer and aligning to my path, the world has just gotten like life has just gotten unbelievably easier. I liked when you said like, you're proud of yourself for surviving. I love that because if you kind of put yourself in the situation you was in where you had your money stolen, your house, like you got kicked out of your house, your car taken away and stuff like that. If you, if you were kind of like thinking of that in the future and going, Oh shit, that could, that, if that happens, what, what the fuck am I going to do sort of thing? Yeah. You wouldn't, you'd think like, how am I going to live? Like, how am I going to survive? But, and then to get through that and then look back on it and be like, shit, I actually got through that. And I'm in such a better place now is amazing. I think like oh, yeah. as human being, as a, as a human being to do that and get through something like that and then recover from it is, I think is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't easy. You know, I, I feel like I, I could have definitely gave up and I could have, uh, it, it could have went definitely a bad route. You know, you look at the way that people cope with really bad situations and everyone copes differently, but I definitely could have went a different way that could have been a lot more severe and detrimental to my, my life, my livelihood and, and who I am as a person. So I do, I, I small, I, I like celebrate like the, yeah, glad I, glad I, I was able to manage to hold it together somewhere. <laughs> You're no longer in yachting. Do you think your mental health has improved since leaving it? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I made like an announcement even on social media saying like, you know, yachting serve its purpose. And I remember the messages I got from people because I was just like, but it's just for me personally, it's too toxic. I can't do it anymore. Um, so yeah, my mental health, my health in general um, has, you know, I don't even take my anxiety medication anymore since I've been out of yachting. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's actually mind blowing. I remember just thinking like, I'm never gonna be able to be off my medication. Like, is there, am I ever going to catch relief? And I really remember thinking like in a really low point in time where I'm just like, is, is this what life is? Is this what my life is going to be? Like, this is horrible. This is just like, this isn't good, you know? And that's and I and I kind of didn't give up on the aspect of like I it's just just this constant digging of knowledge and understanding and like I love psychology and I love you know um healing like when healing when you're healing things and and traumas and wounds and stuff like that it's just so therapeutic where it, it does release and free you from depression or anxiety and stuff like that so the more I got into that it's been life-changing and yeah it's just crazy 
I have, I still get anxiety, but it's, I'm able to manage it myself. And I never thought I was going to get to that point. Like I really thought it was hopeless. I thought I was going to have to be popping, you know, a Klonopin as needed, you know, the prescription label says, um, as needed for the rest of my life. I really, I really thought that. And like, you know, I'm sure I'm not saying like, um, so maybe the last four months I, I, I used my medication one time. And that's because my blood pressure was also very high. So I had to kind of weigh that, that of like, my body needs a break for a minute. And, you know, taking my medication serves me more than me struggling through it right now in this moment. So it's been pretty cool (laughs) to see like the light at the end of the tunnel. But anyway, to back to your, to circle back to your question, I think that goes with me getting out of yachting and really, you know, maybe like it's related to yachting, but I think it was also that conscious decision to minimize my toxic environments that I'm putting myself in, whether that's relationships or work or my mindset um, was to really just minimize that and make that a priority. And, and it's been working so far. So (laughs) guess there's something to be said about it, which is kind of, it sounds so simple and people say it and you're like, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. You know, but, but how, like whatever. And then like, I don't know, finally something clicked for where I was able to just like, I think you, you reach rock bottom of your suffering and you're like, I can't fucking take this anymore. I don't care anymore about like, screw it. Yeah. I'm out of yachting. I'm not doing it anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I don't know what job I'm going to have. I don't like know where I'm going to live. <laughs> like, I don't know any of that, but I do know I'm not going to be in yachting anymore because it's not good for me. And then you just make that decision. And then I feel like everything, all these other doors just opened up for me to allow me to support that decision, which has been amazing. It's awesome that you've only taken like one tablet in the past four months. That's incredible. Thank you. Yeah. I never. I just never thought I was going to get to that. Yeah. Because I've tried to do it a few times and then I get to that certain place where I think, oh shit, I'm going downhill again. Back to, back to the tablets again. But right, it's just kind of finding that healthy balance, isn't it? And finding that, I think point in, for, for me, I need routine. And once I've got, the set routine that puts me in a good headspace and I'm okay. But as soon as something knocks that, I'm kind of back to square one again. And I think yeah. it sounds like you found that kind of healthy balance and routine in your life. Yeah, I think I think so. Um and I think it had to do with a lot of coming back to myself. Because I I I I've because I've been trying to figure out what like what what was this formula? What like what exactly did I do? Why did it exactly click? And, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with accepting who I am, but not only accepting who I am, being proud of who I am. So I I just say it all the time now. It's just like, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Like, and not in like a malicious way and not in a harmful way to other people. Like the, just the less I give a shit, the happier I am. It's just amazing. (laughs) Like, just like, I don't care. I don't care what you, like, I get nasty comments all the time. And I just like laugh, I genuinely laugh. And I'm just like, I don't care what you think about my opinion or like, you know, like, cool. Like you have yours, I have mine. And then they get angry and like, have a good day, (laughs) you know? And I treat life the same way as well. Like I just, 
I don't know. You know, I think I finally got to the place where I'm just like, I'm me. This is me. I don't give a fuck. Like you be you. I'm going to be me and stop pressing your shit on me. Like that's what I'm, that's my boundaries. I think accepting myself and, and creating these, these boundaries, these healthy boundaries um, has really been crucial in helping my progress for sure. Well done to you for doing that because boundaries are not easy to put in place. Boundaries are one of those things where you have to work at them so, so hard and people push them all the time. And when they do, you feel like caving in. And I've had that over the last sort of couple of months where I feel like I've tried to put these boundaries in place. People keep knocking them down. But I think yeah. it's just one of those things where you just keep persevering with it, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're 100% right. It's not overnight. You definitely have, it's trial and error. And then it's like, okay, are my, are my boundaries fair? Like, and, and then it's like this trial and error of like, how, how hard do I implement these? How gentle am I with these? How flexible are they? Are they not flexible? So it's just this trial and error of like figuring it out. Like what is most important to me? What's not so important where I can be a little flexible. And, you know, like you said, it's, it's only with time that you can figure those things out. You don't just like sit down and write this list and then that's it. And like, yep, I got my boundaries now. Okay. Where's my peace of mind? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's trial and error and time. To, you just have to stay consistent with it but the the, the payout will happen it's there <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> it, is, it is don't you got to keep keep going <laughs> but you got to keep digging you know that's the thing is like as long as you don't say as long as you don't stay stuck and you're constantly evolving with your growth and your learning um i just i have no doubt as long as someone continues to grow I have no doubt that they can not they, they can accomplish and heal whatever they want, like without a doubt. But it's it's it is dedication. It's like sticking yeah, to it even when you are like this isn't working. Like realizing that that's your only option. I feel like that's right. Like I, I could get in life sometimes it's like this is my only option. <laughs> Thank you so, so much to Jess for coming on the Stress Sessions and part two will be out later in the series. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please share with your friends, family or anyone who you think it might help. And if you're feeling particularly generous, you can even subscribe and download the rest of the series. On a side note, I'm not a mental health professional, nor are any of the guests that come on my show. These podcasts are purely based on my own personal experiences and those of my guests, alongside some simple hints and tips along the way. If you're suffering from mental illness, I've included a link in the podcast recordings notes to some of the amazing charities that will be able to help you by offering professional advice. Thanks again for listening and I'll be back again next week with another episode of The Stress Sessions. See you later.
Many men, many, 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 many men wish death upon me, Lord. I don't cry no more. Don't look to the sky no more. Oh shit, is it recording?